morning, everybody. How are you all today? Who's planning being around this afternoon? Oh, I hope more than that. Excellent. Cool. That means uh, like one of us is on uh, stall duty, one's on the toilet. Um, no, not on the toilet, on toilet duty downstairs. <laughs> I do apologise for that. Um, oh, that was horrible. My sincere apologies. Um, Today we're doing, I'm starting a new series, I'm going to look at uh, some fresh perspectives on a number of things, Um, fresh ideas as to who God can use, fresh ideas as to how we think, fresh ideas on how we do life before God. Um, I'm going to look at various characters, predominantly the Old Testament unusually, as well as the New Testament. So when I'm speaking these next few weeks, when it's my turn, um, it will be part of this new fresh thinking series. So um, this is the introductory session. I have here a drum. And it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? This is where you all go, ooh, ooh. I don't know if you've seen this before. I may have used it before, actually. This is a 3rd Battalion Coldstream Guards ceremonial um, commemoration drum. It's a pretty thing, isn't it? Hand-painted. Hand-painted, signed by the artist down here. And on it, emblazoned, are all the battles that they fought in. All the key battles that they fought in. What I found interesting is, it doesn't have on it all of the victories. It has all of the battles. And when I went through and checked the records, they lost lots of those. Places like Dunkirk are on it. So it isn't all about winning. It's about being... Put this out of the way a minute. It's about commemorating their history. It's about holding on to their history. It's about past glories. It's about past defeats. It continue, contains any number of events. And that regiment is saying... This is who we are, victories and defeats. There's something that it's holding on to. And it set me off thinking when I got it out and started working on it and trying to restore it and clean it up. It was very dirty when I got it. You know, what we tend to do is we want to remember just the good stuff, just the wins. But for some of us, we hold on to the defeats. For some of us, we carry the defeats and they're... They're high on our agenda. They're decorated. They're painted. They're fresh in our memory. The things that were unwanted sit in our minds. Does anybody else do that? Does anybody else do that thing? Maybe it's my melancholic nature. But if something went wrong, I remember it a long time. I hold on to it. And when I'm in a similar situation, my response is very likely to be, oh, it's going to happen again. I've just noticed something. It's going to annoy me if I don't do this. We tend to hold on to, I can't lie, it's all the lights are wrong this morning. These should be turned off as well. We tend to hold on to things that have gone wrong. Does anybody here wish they could let go of the thing that went wrong? <sighs> Who would like that on their computer? <laughs> no, 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 I've sent it. I need that button in my life, not just on my computer, but on my life. 
you know that moment where you've said it and even as it's coming out of your mouth you're thinking why am I saying this why did I do that why did I let that happen why did I go to that place why did I open that up you know no matter how badly we'd like to we can't undo our past be brave Put your hand up if there's one thing in your past you'd like to undo. You may have done it or it may have been done to you. And there's something you could just, you, you just like to go to the past and say, that never happened. I'll take it out. Didn't exist. I'll scrub it off the drum. That defeat, that mistake, that doesn't exist anymore. We'll just keep the glory things. But here's the deal. There are some things God won't do for us. And what God won't do is change our past. But he'll do something even better than changing our past. He won't leave us in it. And he changes and gives us a fresh future and purpose. And he allows us to repent. He allows us to be made new. And he allows us to begin again. And he calls us new creations. So our past is, but our future is set by God. Our future is an amazing opportunity. So I don't at that point need a no, 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 undo, undo button that I've lived with for so long. That need to have it. Some of you must have sent that email to the wrong person. Um, Joe Huddleston once sent me a text message to Neil. And for once, she's been really sloppy with him, and it came to me. I knew there was something wrong when she called me babe. (laughs) Do you ever wish you could just undo something? I do. Can you imagine having a button that would allow you to, to undo that messed up situation? Uh, you know, I messed up that project. Undo. I messed up that relationship. Undo. I messed up that good intention, but it all went wrong. Undo. Wouldn't it be nice to have that undo button? If all of us could get our mobile phones out, flip it open, and just drop the undo button, it never happened. We'd just jump back 30 seconds in time, it never happened. Just think of the things you could try. You could risk anything, couldn't you? And just think, no, no, that didn't work out. I'll hit the undo button for 30 seconds. Oh, that would be a gift, wouldn't it? Would be nice. But unfortunately, we all know that there's no such thing as an undo button in our life. Once we do something, it's done. It's done. Once it's happened to us, it's happened. No matter how bad we'd like to, we can't undo the past. God is all-powerful. He can do anything. But there are some things he won't do, and that's one of them. Your past is. He will not change your past. But even though the Lord won't change your past, he'll do something better. He will recreate your future. He makes you a new creation. We've got to get hold of that. It gives us fresh. It gives us purpose. Even though we won't change the past, it gives us something better. And actually, there's a contrast between our past in our future. You know, all the stuff that we sometimes do get wrong, all the stuff that we wish we could undo, actually that just stands almost opposed to the amazing things that God does do. And we begin to see the glory of God in our lives. We begin to see the wonder of God in our lives when he's active compared with the before. Wow, when it was just me, look at this. But with God, look at this. So I actually begin to appreciate the contrast between the old and the new. Scripture talks about it, the old and the new, between the dark and the light. Scripture describes it. And I want to read us a story about the purpose that he brings. You see, your past can't invade your future. 
but God can. So let's, let's have a look at this long reading from Haggai. Anybody ever heard of Haggai? Okay, Haggai, if you don't know, if you're new to this, he was a prophet. He was in the Old Testament, and he wrote at a time when all the Jewish people had been in exile for a lot of years and then came back to Jerusalem, pretty much like refugees. You imagine it was quite literally like Syria. There'd been a massive invasion, there'd been death and turmoil, all the people had been picked up and dragged to the part of the world, and then they were beginning to return when Haggai writes this. So you've got very much a picture, you know, like the Middle East has not changed much in 4,000 years. The same thing was happening then. And this is what these people found themselves. And Haggai was a prophet speaking God's voice into this situation. I'm going to read the words um, from his little story and begin to explain how that can touch our lives today. How that can be about our future overcoming our past. Haggai chapter 2 verse 1 9. It's on the screen. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of God came through the prophet Haggai. Tell governor Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, why do all, why do the Old Testament writers insist on giving us family trees every time they name somebody? Why couldn't that just be, tell Zerub and all the people, is there anyone here who saw the temple the way it used to be? All glorious. And what do you see now? Not much, right? So get to work, Zerubbabel. God is speaking. Get to work, son of Jehozadak, high priest. Get to work, all you people. God is speaking. Yes, get to work, for I am with you. The God of the angel armies is speaking. Put into action the word I covenanted with you when you left Egypt. I'm living and breathing among you right now. Don't be timid. Don't hold back. This is what God of the angel armies said. Before you know it, I will shake up sky and earth um, oceans and fields, and I'll shake down all the godless nations. They'll bring bushels of wealth, and I will fill this temple with splendor. God of the angel armies says so. I own the silver. I own the gold. Decree of God of angel armies. This temple is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. Decree of God of the angel armies. Now think ahead from this same day, this 24th day of the nine month. Think ahead from when the temple rebuilding was launched as anything in your fields, vine, fig tree, pomegranate, olive tree, failed to flourish. From now on, you can count on my blessing. What is all of that saying? What is all of that doing, really? What it's saying is, here is my temple. You've returned to this place. The temple is a representative of God at the center of the people, and it's in ruins. Build it. As you begin to build it, I will be present, and it will be glorious. And when I'm present, things will flourish and thrive. And even as they begin to build, look, your lives begin to th- flourish and thrive. And that is a direct picture of our lives, because this body here is called temple temple of the Holy Spirit, temple of the living God. This gathering called church is about it being the temple of the living God. And where we lift him up, where we serve him, where we put him first, where we put him at the center, then things begin to flourish. And the future is glorious in God. Because God is not going to be defeated. Our Christ is not going to be defeated. The cross could not defeat Jesus. Death could not defeat him. And when he lives at the heart of us, blessing will follow. God's people have been in exile. They returned and made a, a hit and miss attempt at rebuilding the temple, a place for God in their lives. And here's the background. This is written almost exactly three months since they started working on the temple. So they're all excited. They begin to work. They start getting the, the, the tools out. They get the temple going. But you know what? 
kind of, have you done that thing where you start work on something and then you think, next weekend? Oh, well, it's raining. Next weekend. Well, maybe in the week I'll bob down sometime. Well, perhaps I'll cut the grass next Thursday. Anybody done that? They'd returned like refugees to Jerusalem after 70 years living in exile. These refugees had returned. And when God allowed them to return to their land, he commanded that they build the city, starting with the temple. Make the temple my dwelling place. Before anything else, put me at the center of your life, and then everything else will build around it and be blessed. They got started right away, but all they got done was the foundation and the altar. And then they quit. For 16 years, they didn't do anything else. They just lived in the semi-finished property. I really want to pray that we don't live in this semi-finished for 16 years, by the way. I'm not connecting this building with this, but hey, let's try and get it done before 16 years. After 16 years of doing nothing, God sent Haggai to remind them of what they were supposed to be doing. And they listened, and they began to work. But here's the deal. It's hard to own who you are in God. It's hard to throw off your past. It's hard to let go. When for 70 years, for all of your life, you've been labeled a refugee. You've been labeled what was effectively before that a slave. When you've been beaten, when things have happened to you, when your histories contain defeat, when your histories contain hurt, it's really hard to build victory. It's really hard to build win. It's really hard to build Christ into the center. And I think that's true of many Christian lives. We see and we hear the good news of Jesus Christ and we get hold of it. And here's what we do. One day I get to heaven. One day I get to heaven and I get through it. I'll just survive all this the best I can and one day I will get to heaven. But that's not what Scripture's saying to us. Scripture's never said that. What Scripture's always said is, put me at the center of your life and begin to flourish now. Put me at the center of your life and things will be blessed now and the history will begin to fade away. See, these people did some building, but there was a problem. The people hadn't changed their attitude. In their heart, they were still the broken person. In their heart, they were still the refugee. In their heart, they were still the person who'd lost everything. So even though they were offered the opportunity to begin again, even though they're offered the opportunity of blessing and Christ-centeredness, it was hard to throw off history. And there is a sense for every one of us that we are formed by our past. We are formed by our history. The things that take place in our lives and the things that we do. Um, I, I, I love anything historical. I, I, I'm currently watching a nonsense program on um, cable called Blaze. Uh, the, the channel's called Blaze. And on it there's a program called American Restoration. Oh, it's trash. It's like Antiques Roadshow, but like dead cheap. Um, and they restore things. There's actually a quality one on BBC too. I've got the repair shop, it's called. That's like a high-class American restoration because it's British. Um, <laughs> God punished me and made the microphone fall off at that point. Um, and what they do, people bring in often heirlooms, bits of, the, bits of their childhood and say, can you restore this toy? Can you restore this ornament? Can you make this memory that I had live again, so that when I look at it, it's just like being back there when I was eight years old. It's just like when I was a small child. So this lady brought in, I, I mean, there's no, this is not a comment on lifestyle, but she brought in a tricycle about that big. Well, that's kind of a, well, I, I don't know where to go with this one. If she sat on it, it would need restoring again. That's all I'm going to say. 
But she wanted it because it reminded of her being happy as a child. Wow. She was living as a toddler. And she's a 50-odd-year-old woman. You know, sometimes we hang on to our past, good and bad. We commemorate it and we lift it up like the good old days. But God has a prosperous future for us. If we place him at the center of it, what can't he do? What could the future hold with Christ at the center? If we break the habit of living in our past, if we break the habit of being marked by what happened, if we let go of our history, we acknowledge it, but we don't own it anymore. We own Christ. We are new creations. See, these people were building stones. They were rebuilding a temple. But they were really people living real lives. And they were concerned with the day-to-day. They were concerned with the getting through. They were concerned with their relationships and with their family. And they began to lose sight of just who God could be in their relationships, who God can be in their family, who God could be with their connections, who God could be in their jobs, who God could be in their lives. Church, we must never be people that lose sight of who Christ can be in our situation. He's got to be the one we turn to. You know, when you're facing that uh, difficult situation, a challenging situation, a frightening situation where everything seems lost, where it seems hopeless, we look to Christ. And he, we, we will be blessed. We will be protected. We will be carried through. He is enough. Does that mean no difficult thing will ever happen to you? No difficult things will happen to you. But with Christ at the center, our lives will still flourish. Three months they've been building, but they couldn't sustain it any longer. So God sent his word to stir them up. God sent his heart to stir them up. These verses don't show an angry God shouting at them for not building the temple. What he says is, I'm an encouraging God that loves you. Put me at the center so that I can bless you. You know, God stands on the edge of our lives sometimes when he wants to stand in the center of our lives. And he doesn't stand at the edge of our lives shouting and saying, how dare you ignore me? How dare you not be concentrated on me? How dare you neglect me? How do... He stands at the edge of our life saying, but I love you and I want to bless you and I want to be part of this. I want to be the center of what you are because I want you to flourish. That is the heart of our God towards us. And so often we treat God like some cosmic headmaster that has to be obeyed when he is our Father God. And Christ, we are co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. We're living fruit along with Christ. We're born again. We are supernatural people. God doesn't look at us and see waste and loss. He looks at us and sees his supernatural people that he longs to be at the center of so that he can flourish it and bless it. So you know your history can hold you back. It can hold us down. But our God isn't angry about that. He has a heart to release you from that. You see, here's the deal. When you were his enemies and didn't know him, he loved you. So how much more does he love you? Well, actually, I think he just continues loving us. If he loved us when we were his enemies, he's going to love us when we're his children. So we are entering into a period of change in this church. Lots of things are going to change. Lots of challenges are coming. We can't undo or quit at this point. We can't restart. There's no undo button. Things are changing around here. Things are going to have to change around here. You know, strange things happen physically. So somebody like Neil is very ill. That compels things to change for a time around this place. Our world and our community is changing around us. Even as we are sat in here, all sorts of things are happening outside to celebrate, to party, to to declare a position or a situation or a belief or a lifestyle. And here we are with Christ at the center. 
in this room. Is it, is it just me or that is too sensitive? Or do you feel the strange juxtaposition there, the, the, the oddness of, of Christ-centeredness here and people-centeredness there, what I want there? Now, I want to tell you, outside this building, around this building right now, are a group of people that the Lord loves, that the Lord gave his life for, that he paid a price on a cross for, to redeem. For God so loved the world, unconditionally, 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 to give us a restart, to give us a fresh beginning, to be new creations. He has given us the privilege as Christians of that new creation start. And today we get the opportunity to be out in our community connecting with people and saying, God can give you a restart. It's not a case of judging anybody or condemning anybody. What it is is saying, with Christ at the center, we flourish. And we can say to people's lives, with Christ in the center, you can flourish. Verse 18, and the verses we said, it says, now think ahead from this same day. Think ahead from this same day. In other words, the Lord is saying, I don't care what brought you to this point. It doesn't matter what brought you here or what happened in your life up until this point. That is the past, and you can't change the past. There is no undo button, God is saying. But today is a new day. Today can be the start of a brand new beginning for you. It can be a fresh start. And just like that day that Haggai spoke those words to refugees returning to Jerusalem, this can be a new day for this church. Because if one person in this room begins their new day, begins a fresh start, if one person in this room says, you know what, I'm not going to be badged, I'm not going to live, my lifestyle and my thinking and my reactions and my heart are not going to be formed by history, but by God's promises. If one person in this room gets hold of that today, then this church changes. This whole church changes. If one person can enter into that promise, then that person walking into their promise, their flourishing, their Christ-centeredness, that will ripple out and touch every person in this room and beyond. And that's what's so exciting about church. You know, sometimes people think, well, one of the fascinating things for me is when people say to me, that church was all right this week. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was okay. Doubt this word. Yeah. But hey, just think on this. God is present with us. And if God touches one life in this room, that can change everything. That can change everything. So there could be somebody sat at the end of your row. And right now, God is speaking to their lives. Right now, God is saying, hey, let's let go of the history. Let's get hold of the promise. And as that person responds, you need to know that ripples can come down your row and your future life is going to be impacted as they walk on in God, as they become fruitful in the Lord, as they thrive and flourish and prosper in all that God asks for them. That will touch your life. This can be a new day. That's an exciting opportunity. Are you ready to make that fresh start this morning? Are you ready to say, Lord, I'm prepared to let go of the past? This is a very still environment this morning. And that's deliberate. We wanted a still calmness about this. Because sometimes we have to make a conscious decision. Sometimes we can't react in the moment. For those of us that have just come back from one event, and those of you that came down to visit on the Sunday, you are amazing. You came in the pouring rain. The only time it rained was when you were with us. (laughs) 
The rest of us, we just had hot sunshine and it was ace. But there's a strange, when you're in a crowd of three, 4,000 people all worshipping God and somebody says, respond to the Lord and come forward and do this, and do you hear? there is something physically and emotional going off as well. There's something huge. But in this setting, the Lord can be just as powerful. In this setting, God can touch our lives just as significantly. In fact, I want today to say this. I think in this setting, the Lord can touch our lives more significantly as we choose to say, I let go and I take hold of all that God has for me. Are you ready for this church to make a fresh start this morning? See, if we're just doing churchy things in the hopes that that will clean us up and give us a good life, I've got to promise you, churchy things don't work that way. Being churchy does not change your life. Anybody here churchy? Oh, yeah, big fibs. I'm dead churchy, me. I am so churchy. I am so massively churchy. I do churchy things. I think churchy thoughts. I go to churchy places. I've got news for you. So do you. And periodically, they're quite Christ-like as well. Being religious won't do a thing to clean us up. Churchy things won't clean us up. Christ at the center will. Christ at the center will. Way back in history and right now, when we try to fix stuff, it's just hard work that gets messy. I know when I try to fix things, it gets messy. If you've spoken to me about anything pastoral, you know I will have said to you at some point in some conversation, you can't fix people. You can't fix people. I am saying that there's not a week goes by where I don't say to somebody, yeah, I understand, but you can't fix people. What you can do is give them opportunity. What you can do is love them. What you can do is serve them. And in God, they can be repaired. In God, they can be fixed. In God, they can be restored. But it ain't me that's doing it. I'm not going to persuade anybody of anything. All I can do is point them at Christ. So this morning, all I can say to you is, whatever your history, whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance has been, I can simply say, look at Christ. Because he's sufficient. I can say, take your eyes off the drum. Take your eyes off the past victories. Take your eyes off the past defeats. You know, there is no undo button. Those things exist. They're not going to go away. They happened. They are. However, they are now dead. They can die on the cross. And God can give us something fresh and new. The only reset option is Christ. I'm going to ask the band to come back up, please. God living at the center of who we are, in the place he belongs, our source, our reason, our purpose, our future. Way back when God wanted the temple built to represent the people's need for him in the center, that was a shadow of our need for Christ in the center of our lives. When the Lord is moved away from the center of our lives, our design parameters are lost. Balance is lost. Any bump or knock will knock us down. When the Lord is central, our design parameters are met and we will press through any bump or knock through any life. Has anybody ever played with those little gyroscope things as a kid? You, know, you zip them up. Have you noticed that you can bump them, you can prod them, you can knock them, and they just kind of restabilize? With Christ at the center, that's what we do. We just restabilize. It's all in our design, not yet. It's all in our design. At the cross where Jesus is taking us back to, um, that very moment of history is a reset button. The cross is a moment in time bigger than rescuing us from the world. The cross is a moment that releases us for the world. Can you get that? The cross of Christ is not a moment in time 
that just rescues us from the world. The cross is a moment that releases us for the world. We're set free at the cross. We're set free for the world to be good news carriers. We're set free so that we can be good news carriers this afternoon. From the moment Christ takes his place at the center of our lives, we no longer need an undo reset button. Our design parameters are being restored. We're how we should be with Christ at the center again. Fully functional people of God. Purpose set. We're not the... We're not the get-to-heaven-one-day desperate people, but we are the the change-the-world-today, purpose-defined people. That's who we are called to be. That's the good news of the gospel. That was the good news to the people thousands of years ago in Jerusalem, returning as refugees. Put me at the center, and you have purpose and flourish now. And that's the message of the cross. That's the message of the Christian gospel. That's the good news. Put Christ at the center of our lives, and we flourish and have purpose now. It isn't, oh, do you know, we get so hung up on one day I'll get to heaven. Hey, we have purpose today. You have reason now. Your eternity has begun. We are kingdom come people. And we call this kingdom into our situation right now. We live it, we walk it, we breathe it. With Christ at the center, something different takes place. So, just very briefly, I'm going to look at this piece of scripture and then close. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. Hold on. That was when the gospel was very first preached about Jesus Christ. And do you notice what it doesn't say? It doesn't say anywhere in there, and one day you'll be rescued and get to heaven. Never says that. You know, we, we deprive ourselves and we deprive the world of who we are as Christians by concentrating on one day I'm going to get to heaven. When Scripture quite clearly, categorically says, salvation for today. Today you can be forgiven. Today you can be filled with His Holy Spirit. Today I bring purpose into your life. It, eternity begins now. What heaven looks like, and you haven't knew it well, who knows? But you know what I do know is that Scripture tells me it begins today. It begins today. And so I am going to be massively, massively tough this morning. And I want to say to you, if there are people in this room, and I believe there are, that have got history, good or bad, that they're kept being reminded of, I, you know what, nobody's going to ask you to come and stand here and proclaim out the world and declare it, to read it out, to give us a list, to send a letter, to send an email, to put it on the, the, the overhead projector. This is what happened in my history. This is what I did. This is what was done to me. This is who I am. This is where I've been. Nobody's going to do that, but it's something I'm going to ask you to do very genuinely and it's really really hard it's really really massive I'm going to ask you to come and stand at the front uh, well we're all going to stand together but I'm going to say you are welcome to come and stand at the front and before God you are saying it's a new day I'm not going to be defined by history I'm going to be defined by the promises of God and seek to place Christ at the center of my life because then we begin to live oh, let's not waste time hoping that one day we get to heaven Let's enjoy time. Let's enjoy time and live Christ at the center now. Because that's fresh, that's new, to take on the God call, Christ-centered, representatives of his kingdom identity. That's who we're called to be, ambassadors for Christ. You know, we sing sometimes, I am who you say I am. I'm a child of God. It's true, and it's how we do Monday mornings. A forgiven past, a freed present, and a future purpose.
that's how we do Monday mornings. So step up and own it. So there's an introductory session, but wouldn't it be good to begin by saying, Lord, this is what I want. This is what I'm crying out for. So the band are going to play. They're going to lead us in a song of worship. They're going to ask us all to stand. So if anybody does want to come, they're a little bit less obvious because we're a smaller crowd this morning. So people will feel a little bit conspicuous. And if you want to, I'm just going to ask that you come and stand at the front. Just come and stand there. And that declaration is effectively saying before God, the past is gone, the old is gone, the new has come. I will be defined by Christ and not by my history. What an opportunity in God. What an opportunity. So Father, I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would touch us, that you would touch hearts and minds. If one person catches who they are in Christ this morning, then Lord, our day together has been worthwhile. Lord, that is life change for eternity. That is a moment in time that can send ripples out across this church and across this town. So I pray, Lord, for every heart and mind in this room, that you would overcome pride. Lord, that you would overcome embarrassment, that you would overcome our history and help us to walk into our purpose. Help us to place Christ at the centre of our living. Pray there will be people in this room right now that would need to say, that was history. That's on an old drum but I'm beating a new drum in Christ. Amen. So worship God, as you're ready, if you want to, if you want to respond to that, then just come and stand at the front. I think it's a prophetic thing that you do before God. It's a statement in time. Yeah. 
Recognize what he has done, made a way in your life. 